people were stopping in their tracks. I mean, <laughs> other people were trying to walk through, but everybody tends to stop in their tracks because it's just that jaw dropping. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And today, we are journeying onto the Milford Sound Road in Fiordland, South Island, New Zealand. And I got to interview Lynn Smith. Now, Lynn is an adventurer, a traveler, a writer. She blends a love of independent adventure travel, history, and the natural world, and has over 40 years of experience as an award-winning writer, photographer, creative designer, and producer. And when she's not traveling, she serves as a consultant, content strategist, and digital marketer for U.S. Fortune 500 companies. Pretty amazing, if you ask me. And Lynn and I have that in common. Um, I work uh, with a lot of the same agencies that she does, and we both work in content strategy, and I've got a focus in SEO, side note. However, today, we're going to leave work behind, and we're going to be going where there isn't plastic, there isn't street sounds. It's just sounds of rivers and waterfalls and beautiful shutting mountains into the sky. So even if you're at your desk today, take a break and enjoy the show as you travel to New Zealand and learn how you can make this experience happen. Let's get this episode started. Because I want to hear, I want to hear your story. I want to hear your story of traveling to New Zealand and doing this self-driving tour or private, you know, your own tour of the Milford Sound Road in Fjordland. Absolutely. It is, uh, it's one of the top drives. There are two or three major drives in New Zealand that uh, people just travel from all over the world to experience that continent anyway. I, I think of it more of the continent, but it really is an island, an mm -hmm. island nation. Um, but I think you kind of, I tend to, to approach my trip planning and my experiences from the thousand foot level or maybe 30,000. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Google Maps and you're why New Zealand? Why that section of New Zealand? Why are we talking about this road kind of a thing? What makes it unique? I, I think yeah. those things myself. I run into those questions when people ask me. So uh, I started thinking about New Zealand 10 years ago, and it's taken this long to get there. So you can do it if you plan for it. And if you know why you want to go and what you want to see, how long you want to stay, how long you can stay, everyone's story is different. Mm -hmm. There are some people who save, you know, I met a young man who worked in a cracker factory, trying <laughs> to get a cracker somewhere uh, for 18 months and he saved his money and then took a semester out of uh, college and spending three months in New Zealand. And he's not wow. backpacking either. He rented a vehicle and driving all over and visiting different friends. So whatever your, your motivation is, my motivation was, and still remains, to try to get to those areas on the planet that aren't too cold, that still represent um, unsullied, untouched 
no plastic trash, no signs of man, solitude, peace, quiet, majestic landscapes. And I'm sorry, but that just New Zealand and Alaska, I think, just kind of come to mind. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in that order, but um, and living here in the United States, there are still places, of course, here that just touch my soul that are really out in the in the boonies. You can get that solitude. You can see those stars at night. You can get away from air pollution and mm -hmm. so forth. But anyway, I had a chance to go to New Zealand to join my niece and her husband, who uh, took off about 18 months ago from their home in Florida, which is my home as well, to travel the world and be digital nomads and build up and operate their uh, separate online businesses. So I had encouraged them to travel. And at one point they pinged me probably two years ago and said, oh, Aunt Lynn, you're such a world traveler. You're the one who's encouraged us to do this thing. Yes. Well, why don't you join us? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Where are you going to be? And they're like, well, we're going here. We're going there. No, that's too expensive. No, it's too cold. And then they said, we're going to New Zealand. And I'm like, okay, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then the trip planning began. And because they're working just really around the clock, uh, they asked me to plan their trip for them because I've been planning my own trips and traveling independently now for you know, 30 plus some odd years. So I buckled down and a year later, we had the whole plan put together, but it took a lot of effort on my part. There were some logistics that we needed to deal with, uh, sure. with them. digital nomads they got to have high-speed wi-fi they deal with really large as um, files that sort of thing so uh -huh. bottom line i'm like i'm the outdoors person you guys are more the suburban kids who don't do a whole lot of hiking you don't do wild things like rappelling and you you've never been white water rafting or whatever so i said okay i'm going to pick a handful of really great adventures that we can go on together and we'll stay in a couple of places in South Island, New Zealand. And they were like, well, why would you stay there? And I said, well, because it's, it's Fjordland. I mean, it's world famous. That's where the Southern Alps are in the South Island of New Zealand. And they said, South Island? Yeah, it's, New Zealand is made up of two islands, North Island and South Island. And if you sort of stretch them out, they have about the same area um, as California does. But there are only about 4.9 million people. Mm -hmm. in New Zealand and California has I think at last count something like 39.5 <laughs> yeah. million so a little so, different little yeah different. and uh they said well um you know I know it's really wild down there and I'm like well yeah approximately a third of the country is nothing but national park I mean New Zealand Department of Conservation just manages huge uh, areas of the entire country. And that's, it's just incredibly wild. I mean, there aren't roads. The only way you can get into some places is by helicopter. And um, of wow. course, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, bungee jumping, uh, riding the gorp, <laughs> you know, let's go jumping from an airplane. I'm like, no, let's do things that are really out there. <laughs> yeah. I love really out there. Yeah, so let's go really out there. And they're like, oh, okay, well, uh, let's go hiking. We want to start on this hike. There are these three major hikes, uh, world-class hikes in, in New Zealand. And they're all in Fjordland, which is in the southwest corner of New Zealand, which is in the Southern Alps. And the Southern Alps Mountains, uh, average height is about 7,000 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to be snow-capped year-round. And uh, the weather can be really uh, challenging and highly changeable because that mountain range is uh, right along the Tasman Sea on the west side of 
New Zealand, South Island. Mm -hmm. So these storms come up from the Arctic and just batter the country. About every five or six days, here comes another storm. So Mm -hmm. so you're like, oh, we want to go hiking. We want to do all these things. And I'm like, well, if we're going to go to Fjordland, we probably want to stay there more than two or three days because we might get nothing but rain. So Mm -hmm. who knows? We're planning a year in advance. And they're like, well, you know, we may not want to pay a year in advance for everything. We're kind of saving our money. And I'm like, well, we need to do that because we're going at the tail end of the height of trucking season, which is really only about from December to February of the year is the height of the summer, quote, summer season, trucking season in New Zealand. So if you want to go down there and really do a lot of the outdoors things, and enjoy good weather, that's when you want to go. Well, that's when everybody else in the world wants to go. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, there's a projection of a little, little over 5 million visitors, tourists coming into that country by 2024. And um, yeah, I mean, there's 5 million people in the country, right. and 5 million people are coming to visit. So uh, that, that told me a couple of things before I ever went. Just, you know, you've traveled enough that you realize that infrastructure can be really stressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Airports can be overcrowded. The accommodations can be few and far between, especially if you're visiting a part of the country where it's mostly wilderness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There aren't any Mm -hmm. roads, you know, but you're not camping and you want to stay somewhere for a week and you'd like to have electricity and Wi-Fi and (laughs) restaurants, maybe Mm -hmm. a grocery store. Well, you really have to start planning for that if you get out of the city centers. And in South Island, there's really only one city center near Fiordland, and that's Queenstown. So our visit began in Queenstown. Somehow or other, uh, I don't know where you guys are coming from, Indonesia or somewhere, but let's meet at the Queenstown airport on this day. (laughs) And we did. So we found our way separately from different parts of the planet into Queenstown Airport. And from there, we shared a rental car, picked it up and, um, you know, picked up some groceries and other things that we needed and tried to avoid getting in the Queenstown Center because it was absolutely a zoo, a mob scene, traffic, no parking, people lined up outside restaurants to eat, um, people just dodging between cars that are creeping along the streets of Queenstown. Very scenic town right there on the lake, Lake Teanau, which you fly in over this fjord. You fly in over the mountains, these snow-capped mountains, and you land. And uh, you're just in, on this rather small airport. I mean, it doesn't even have an air-conditioned airway. <laughs> you, know, you just go down the metal steps out to the tarmac. And uh, so I knew to avoid that. There's a grocery store near the airport. We stopped there. We grabbed a few uh, bite to eat close to Queenstown, turned around and headed west and south on the only highway, so you can't get lost, mm-hmm. leaving Quen- Queenstown to Fjordland. And I went, okay, you know, we're going to go stay at our Airbnb where we have Wi-Fi. And right. It's, right, it's right in the town of Teano. And Teano is tricky to pronounce, but if people want to look it up, it's capital T, small e, one word. And the second word is capital A, N A U, Te Ano. I mean, that's it. There's nothing else there. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bitty town south of it called Manapuri, but Te Ano only has 1,900 people in it. But, you know, they have electricity, they have places to stay, they have a wide variety of accommodations for the size of the town. 
Um, they have grocery stores and restaurants and, and a cute little uh, sort of food truck that is probably the most popular place to eat. Um, it's also, Teano is world famous for being the gateway to Fiordland National Park, where these great walks are. There are three, quote, great walks, unquote, uh, in Fiordland. And these are tracks that you can get out on and either take day trips, go day hiking, or you can hire a guide. You can make arrangements to go on a guided trek that could uh-huh. be multi-day. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, you have better be fit because these <laughs> mountains are like the mountains in Colorado. It's like going to, you know, anywhere in the Rockies, really. How high are these mountains? Uh, I would say overall, the average height is 6,500 to 7,000 feet. Okay. So, um, a small mountain. Well, there are there are ways to get around this. See, so even I trained up, and I've hiked all my life, but I'm getting a little long in the tooth these days, and I don't want to spend a whole day going uphill, right? Just to get somewhere and oh, sleep on the ground or whatever, and spend the money <laughs> for, you know, we we're not bringing our hiking all of our gear right to New Zealand. Forget it. So we're going to have to pay a, a, an outfitter. And that can start running you up into some money for multi-day hikes. And it's not something I really wanted to spend a lot of time doing. I want to see the scenery. I want to hike. But I don't want to spend three or four days on one track doing one hike. You know what I'm saying? So my choice was let's just let's just stay in Teanau for, you know, seven or eight days. Because the weather is so changeable in Fjordland and there's so much to do. But it's all outdoors. It's all right. outdoors. So what you want to do is get settled in, be an essential place where you can either drive, which is what's going to segue us into this drive to Milford Sound. Yes. Where you can access the activities, everything from mountain biking to day hikes to seeing a bird sanctuary to um, visiting an alpaca farm to uh, there's a whole list of things one can do in Fjordland over a period of time. But if you end up with two days of high winds and horizontal rain, you don't want to go hiking. Right, naturally. But, yeah, but uh, you can also make arrangements like I did. You can just jump on a helicopter from the lake, from Lake Te- uh, from the town of Teanau. I like There's how several- you think. Yeah. That's my style. Sure. We'll just catch the fancy elevator up. <laughs> It'll take yes. up about 6,500 feet. And uh, meanwhile, we get a you know, you get an aerial view of the mountains and you get a little, literally, you get a lift from the lakeside up to the Luxmore Hut. In my case, I chose the Kepler track, K-E-P-L-E-R, which is right there at mm-hmm. Teano. Uh, you can get on it. You can either hike for a day and a half and get up to the hut, or you can jump in the helicopter and be up there in about 20 minutes and take a little side trip for about 30 minutes and get on a higher peak. And oh my gosh, have your breath completely taken away. It was the most, it, it was just, I want to get teary eyed because the experience was so captivating and of course we picked the perfect day when there was not a breath of wind the sun was out it was only 30 degrees up at elevation (laughs) but by the time the helicopter you know we took a little sightseeing side trip which is in the price anyway so you might as well and we peeled off layers and we ended up being landed at this hut the Luxmore hut which is about 3,500 feet up the mountain 
uh-huh. uh, the series of mountains. And then we hike down. So you just start peeling off and you're hiking. You start out above the tree line and you go down through the tree line. And three and a half hours later, you stumble onto a beach and you catch a boat. <laughs> A water taxi that takes you across back to town and then you jump in your car and you go to your Airbnb and you fix pizza and you collapse. <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic day. Sign me up. I am in. It is. I mean, that's a story in itself. So I thought, okay, that's the best way to get around the all day hiking thing. Why kill yourself for a view? And, and, it, and we'll call, talk about costs. I can either talk about these costs as we go along or we can kind of wrap them up however you would like to pursue that. Sure, sure. So, so I just want to be clear. So the, the road, the Milford Sound Road, um, so you take that from take. Teano. 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 So you take that road from Teano. Up and then, to. And you can take that up to where you can take a helicopter or. No. I'm, I'm just trying to map it out. Whole, yeah, that whole, the, the idea of the helicopter hike originates in the town of Teano. Okay. And it is a singular activity. Got so it. it sort of okay. sits alone and wants to have a good weather day and you can call a day before. You don't have to make arrangements weeks in advance. Just wait till you get there and make arrangements based on the weather. That's one thing you can do if you don't want to go to Milford Sound that day because it may be raining up the road in Milford right. Sound. And Milford Sound is just up the road about two and a half hours from okay. Tayana. Got it. And there's only one road that runs through that whole wilderness area anyway. So it's hard to get lost. You just get out on the highway from Teano and, and go north. And we're like, oh, this, this will be nice. We can just drive up to Milford Sound. And our goal for the day was, oh, we'll get up to Milford Sound and we'll get on a boat about 11 o'clock in the morning and we'll tour Milford Sound, which is the crown jewel activity to do in New Zealand. Some people travel from all over the place, lots of people all over the world just to get on one of these boats to go on Milford Sound. Wow. I mean, they'll fly into Queenstown, jump on a tour, you know, spend the night, get up at four o'clock in the morning, get on a tour bus with 60 other people, join the line of tour buses leaving out of Queenstown before, you know, breakfast. Mm-hmm. Tour buses drive two and a half hours to Teano big surprise they stop there for a little break <laughs> have a little something to eat <laughs> fill up their water bottles and then they all get back on the bus again and they go two more hours up the road and they go directly to milford sound cruise center and there's nothing on milford sound but milford sound cruise center there's just nothing there's no restaurants between Tayana. there are no gas stations mm-hmm. there is no self-service but it is spectacular wilderness scenery that will absolutely blow you away and why experience it from a bus as you zoom by at 60 miles an hour right i would rather stop at the numerous stops that along that road that you can either take a whole day and just drive the drive drive you know two and a half hours up to milford sound and turn around and come back to Teano, or you can do like we did and combine some stops along the milford road leave Mm -hmm. early in the morning long before the buses get there from Queenstown. So you're way ahead of the traffic. And you can go up uh, this drive, this road that's just magnificent. And I'll, I'll describe a few of the stops that you can see. And then if you yeah. miss some of those, because you want to see them 
after you've done your boat cruise, because you need to get up to Milford Sound in time to catch your boat cruise, then you can stop at some other ones on the way back. And you don't have to worry about being inconvenienced because halfway conveniently up the road between Teano and Milford Sound Mm -hmm. is a place called Knobs Flat. And it's huge. It's massive. All the buses you can pull in there. They've got rows and rows of toilets and sinks and vending machines. And there's a campground there. And it's, it's really a perfect place to take a break on your way to or from Milford Sound, from Teano, or mm-hmm. you know, in the case of those people from Queenstown, <laughs> they got a long way to go before they get to Queenstown after dark. Oh, wow. It's a long day for them on, on their tour buses. But unfortunately, that's the way most people think, that that's the only way to see Milford Sound, is to come out of Queenstown or to fly, which is not a, not a cheap proposition. Right. Fly from Queenstown into Teano. And you can do that, sure. No okay. problem. All right. It's good to so, know. So, um, yeah. So we got out on the road and, and our plan was leave early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Let's drive up to Milford Sound along the Milford Sound Road. That's what it's referred to as. Mm-hmm. And we'll stop as we leave Teano and let's stop at a couple of these places. And, and uh, what I use for my reference is, uh, and I have sent you the link, to the Milford Sound Drive Guide. And we will include that in the show notes at experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's so easy to follow this guide. You don't have to worry about, oh, no cell service. Oops, we forgot to download that map. Oh, it doesn't have all the descriptions of each one of these places. If we can't stop everywhere, which ones do we choose and why? That kind of thing. So this is really my go-to reference. So our first stop was Mirror Lakes coming up out of Teano. This is about an hour north, mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful driving. It's windy, it's windy, it's up and down. Not real steep mountains yet. You're not really into the heavy mountains, but you have to pay attention to your driving. Just, you know, don't ogle the side road too much. Um, and <laughs> it is, oh, there are some, the valleys, the mountains, the light is crystal clear. The sky is bright, bright, bright blue. We started our trip out from Teano. You're uh, paralleling the shore of Lake Teano. So you've got this lake over off your left shoulder as you're driving up the road. Various places to pull out and just get some gorgeous shots of those magnificent mountains to the west. And with the lake here in the foreground, perfect light in the morning, too. It's coming right over your shoulder. And uh, we go up to Mirror Lakes. And um, now I cheated. I drove up there the afternoon before to check the light and I'm glad I did <laughs> because I'm a photographer. So I cheat about these things, but. Hey, that's fine. You're doing I, your research. Well, if you have the time, that's why, why staying there for X number of days allowed me to, oh, I'll just run up the road for an hour. And because I'm curious about this Mirror Lakes because mm-hmm. I know how light it is. So I looked at Mirror Lakes in the afternoon about three o'clock and uh-oh, no mirror effect. <laughs> no, the light is all wrong. So I went, okay, I can tell the light's going to be perfect in the morning. So we have to stop here on our way to Milford Sound. And so we did. And what awesome shots we got. I mean, it was just, I mean, literally, it's like a mirror holding a mirror up and you're in, um, you're in, you're in a rainforest environment. It looks very kind of tropical-ish, but it's not. It's, um, it's not a tropical rainforest. It's a temperate rainforest, but it's still wet as the devil. They get 200 
or more days of rain and over mm. 21 feet of rain a year. Oh my goodness. 21 yeah, so, feet? Yeah. So always bring your rain gear with you wherever you go because it could be raining in, in 15 minutes. Very changeable weather. But if it's not raining and we were forecast for a beautiful dry day and it's just breathtaking, the, the mountains, the mirrored lake in the foreground, the natural, the grasses, the trees arching out over that water. And you look down into these deep crystal clear lakes and the fish that are, they just look like they're suspended. It's hard to tell where, where the lake begins and the sky ends. It's, mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous. It's like the uh, like the springs in Florida, which is where I grew up. It's that same crystalline, absolutely mm-hmm. clear. No garbage, no trash, no trash along the road, no plastic. Nobody's throwing anything in the water. They've got boardwalks. It's easy to come out of your car and walk down a boardwalk about uh, 100 feet or so. It's a wheelchair-friendly environment. It's one of the popular stops for the buses on their way to Milford Sound in the morning. Mm-hmm. So the secret here is beat the buses or go, come behind the buses in the afternoon. Heck, I would stop there coming and going because it's such a beautiful scene. It's that just, sounds incredible. Yeah. So from there, we said, oh, OK, we're getting kind of tired of all this beauty. Let's just move on. to <laughs> Let's move on up the road and let's go see some gorgeous crystal clear creeks and rivers flowing through the one of the longest and widest valleys I've ever seen in my life with massive mountains right there on the other side of that river. Mm-hmm. And all the river grass is in front of you and the wind is blowing. The, the breeze is starting to come up early in the morning. The, the light is coming right over the top of the mountains. We run, we stop at a place called Cascade Creek. Again, just to pull off for your car, but not too obvious. So you have to be watching for it. It's gravel and off you pull and you're like, oh, where are we going? What is this? Oh, look at that mountain over there. Oh, look at the light. Ah, ah, oh my God. That's when you saw, that's where everybody saw the river. Oh my God. Because yeah, we've seen mountains and rivers before, but no, honey, you got to see this. This is like nothing. There are a couple of pictures on my blog, on my post that just, oh, it just makes your hair stand up. Because the light, the air is so clear, the light is so perfect. There are the textures of rocks and and, uh, trees and uh, all the greenery along the river and the wind blowing across the river and those purple and gray giant massive mountains right over there. And there are no plane scratches in the sky, no sounds of traffic, no fumes in the air, no buzzing of cellular phones. Any, oh, of course, there's no cellular service out there. That's right. No voices, no nothing except the sound of the wind and the sound of that river rushing by. And that river is crystal clear and ice cold. It's ice melt year round. That sounds like perfection. It is. Absolute perfection. So we did that and we said, okay, well, we better hurry up. And uh, that's probably one of our last stops. No, wait, we got enough time for one more stop before we get up to Milford Sound. And then we'll pick up some of these other places on the way back this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. So we went up and stopped again at... Um, just before, 
knobs flat and just sort of before and after knobs flat and the name of knobs flat will give it away we stopped there for a little bio break and to get some more water in our water bottles but next right up the road was oh my gosh this was egg eglinton valley and eglinton valley as you come out of the trees you're sort of in um very heavily uh, overhead trees road it's, it's dark because the light in the morning the sun hasn't come overhead yet and you're driving through mossy forest um lowland and there are creeks you can hear them you can see them you're going over little bridges and you look left look right oh it's beautiful look at that oh my god and the rivers and the creeks are just tumbling and rushing down it's like all oh, this water everywhere yeah and you come into you come around a corner and all of a sudden whoom, there's this giant valley in front of you it looks like it goes on for 17 or 18 miles and come to think of it, I think it might be that long and six or seven miles wide. And it's all this brown, beautiful, golden, sort of russet colored tussock grass that's like knee high. Mm -hmm. And as far as you can see, a wall of mountains back behind all this extensive valley of tussock grass. And the mountains are just a wall that you're looking at. And it just goes on to the horizon. And there's some mountains on the right to come in and enjoy all these mountains on your left. Just you're, you're literally driving along the edge of those Southern Alps mountain ranges that are right along that road to Milford Sound. And so what you have in front of you, your foreground is this beautiful valley with no sound but the wind, the wind through the grass. You just, you are just, you can't help but get out of your car and start walking into that valley. You just want to get out there in the middle of all this grass, in the middle of this vast expanse of wilderness. And yet you feel safe as you can be. No bears, no snakes, nothing to sting you, nothing to bite you. It's beautiful. No other people, no voices. No planes, no traffic. It was, we didn't want to leave. We just did not want to leave Eglinton Valley, but we had to. Oh, man. I mean, here we are in today's world. We're constantly bombarded by sounds, by emails, by texts, by... It's just all the noise everywhere. And here's this pristine place where you absolutely have no worry in the world that you can immerse yourselves in. Absolutely. And there were only three of us, but there's just something about the way it struck me anyway, was the three, each of us got out of the car and we just, we were all past so many expletives about, wow. And oh my gosh, can, oh, can you believe this? What, what? Mm -hmm. And we, we three each kind of went our separate ways, not too far, but it's like each of us sought that solitude and each of us, separately ended up sitting down in this grass and when I sat down I kind of lost track of my niece and her husband mm. you know I mean it was just and I just looked around and some other people showed up I heard a car door close way off in the distance and they were further down the valley and uh, all I could hear was squeals of delight from them as they got out of their car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but we had to proceed because we're still looking forward to getting to Milford Sound. So we proceeded on up the road and uh, on our way to Milford Sound, we probably still at the point of Eglinton Valley had another mm, um, 50 minutes to go before we got to the cruise terminal, which is also the terminus 
of the Milford uh, Sound Road. It just stops mm-hmm. at Milford Sound. Uh, but as we were driving along, the mountains got more and more sheer, more and more jagged. They looked like teeth. They looked like fingernails up against, and the bright morning light, now the light's coming up. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning. The, the, the sky is such a bright blue, you can't, you can't describe it. You don't really, wow, is that my sunglasses? And you pull them down off your nose. You're like, no, it's really that beautiful blue. And we went across uh, gorges that crossed rivers that are just, I mean, I've seen beautiful rivers in Colorado and other places. These are just beautiful mountain tumbling rivers over giant boulders and rivers crossing them and um, bridges crossing them. You can pull off your car, but we couldn't be tempted. We had to move on. And uh, we went through the Homer Tunnel. You kind of have to wait because it's a one-way tunnel. So the traffic's coming from the other end and you wait for the red light to go green. And then you and your traffic group, which by now the buses had caught up to us. Oh, no. We're going through the tunnel and we're all on our way to Milford Sound. We're passing on these beautiful places. Oh, we got to stop there. We got to stop there. Wait, what was that sign? We'll pull off there when we come back. And we get to Milford Sound. And you just follow the signs like any other place, you know, cruise ship terminal or whatever. It's not, don't think Miami, this isn't Mm -hmm. a giant terminal, but it is a terminal and they do Mm -hmm. have cruise ships. Uh, So you park quite a distance and you have to walk from the parking area where you park up or you can catch a little tram that they have running through those parking lots and walk, find yourself at the terminal there right beside the water. And as you approach that terminal and you like come around the corner or get around the edge of the building and the first glimpse that you get of Miter Peak, M-I-T-R-E, Miter Peak, uh, from the viewpoint of the cruise terminal at Milford Sound, it will just, people were stopping in their tracks. I mean, (laughs) other people were trying to walk through, but everybody tends to stop in their tracks because it's just that uh-huh. jaw dropping wow and at that time in the morning the the light is more or less in your face but it, at the same time it kind of backlights this amazing silhouette of this world famous miter peak this very pointy thing that goes up like a mile it goes from the waters um from the level of the water straight up in a, just a very sharp v it looks like a witch's hat almost just incredible. It's not that far right out there in the water. And it, it and all the mountains behind it just form a magnificent jaw-dropping, oh my God, I can't wait get get on the boat view with this crystal clear water in this, it's a fjord. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not really a sound, it's a fjord. So I guess think Norway, other mm-hmm. fjords that you may have been in or mm-hmm. seen or know of. So, uh, okay, then we go through the prosaic steps of uh, confirming our tickets and our secret sauce here, which I had managed to dig up was, oh, no, we're not going to get on one of those giant cruise ships where it looks like there's 4,000 people getting on the thing and they're right. all lined up on the dock and someone has a loudspeaker. Oh, no, we're terrible. Going, no, no, we're going here at the other end of the dock on this. Oh, yeah, this thing's only like a 45. Oh, there's only like 25 people on our boat because yes. we went with miter cruises, uh, miter peak cruises. And I've shared that link with you as well. Which will much be in the show notes. More. Yeah. That's great. Much more yeah. intimate. I mean, who wants to? Okay. So, yeah. Everybody would prefer to get on the smaller boat. And you have all the amenities. I mean, they had free tea. Yeah. 
free hot tea. Um, Bring your layers because remember now we're we're off the Tasman Sea and you know ice melt fjords. So Mm -hmm. think cold water, the wind blowing off of ice cold water and across you as you step outside the boat. I mean they're heated and the the cabins inside are heated. Big big roomy cabin with very comfortable seats and help yourself to the tea and the service in the back. And walk around the boat, go up top, you know, you can see the views from up top where it's uncovered, or you can talk to the pilot as he's driving along and talking about the various waterfalls and different views that you see. And you're going to end up spending about two and a half or three hours cruising down that sound until you get to the Tasman Sea, the opening where the Tasman Sea flows into that sound. And if you're there, depending on what time of year, you will see seals, you will see whales you will see porpoises you will see it kind of depends who knows it's the ocean and fresh water meeting each other so it's a very dynamic environment there absolutely absolutely a great feeding ground yeah it must be uh we weren't there at the time of year when the whales were in but we did get to see the seals hanging out on the rocks and, you know, sunbathing. And there are numerous waterfalls that are just pouring off of the, the, these towering mountains. You're cruising in between these mountains that go way down below the level of the water. I mean, these mountains are, you know, the water is like halfway up the, the total mountain heights there in Fjordland. It's just majestic. It's, um, it's brisk. It's chilly. It's you don't know which side of the boat to start on to go forward or go rear or go after what to get the next shot because it's just eye candy, eye candy, eye candy. Look over the <laughs> Roll the video. Oh no, I pressed the wrong button. That's not video. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got three hours. You're going to go one way. You're going to turn around and re- retrace your steps. So if you thought of a shot that you missed, you'll catch it on your way back. So a beautiful weather. It was a little bit overcast for us when we started out, so that really lent some drama to the uh, to the reflections of the water on the underside of the clouds. Mm-hmm. And because those waterfalls are always full, the waterfalls are just pouring down these uh, these mountainsides. And when you're on a smaller boat like ours, Miter Peak Cruises they'll actually nose in underneath that waterfall. And if you want to go put on your foul weather gear and go stand underneath that water and have it beat you down on the bow, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Get somebody to take a picture of you or bring your GoPro. <laughs> right, right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like getting under waterfalls or getting beamed down. It's, it's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, my nephew-in-law did it. So uh, we couldn't see too much when we looked at this GoPro footage. It was just a lot of... that's experiencing life right there it is it is and and you don't have to experience the four thousand of your newest friends either so who's just just spent half a day getting here by bus and they're going to spend the other half of the day going back and meanwhile we're going to get in the car and we're going to leisurely make our way back to teano and plenty of time for dinner Mm -hmm. but first we're going to stop along the way at a couple of places that we wanted to see. We want to go to uh, the Hollyford Valley Lookout, which, you know, lookouts are lookouts, but hey, we're in New Zealand, people. We're in Fjordland. These are not ho-hum lookouts. You need to stop at the lookouts. Right. Get out of your car. Go over there. 
because the, the, they tell you right here, you know, be careful with traffic pulling in and out of the lookout. It's one of those things that's on the outside of a curve. But, oh, the scenery, if the weather's great, and even if it's kind of threatening, it can be very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see forever. These mountains just seem to, I don't know, so, you know, I kind of alternated between feeling like I was being squeezed in because these are, such sharp, jaggedy, toothed mountains. I mean, the Rockies are pretty jaggedy. I keep referring to the Rockies because maybe a lot of people here in the United States have experienced those. Mm-hmm. It's jaggedy and more. It's like more jaggedy, <laughs> sharper. Is it like the but, Alps in that way? Too? Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Because right. uh, this is the Southern Alps, right. of course. I mean, right. literally in New Zealand, that's what South Island is famous for. That mm-hmm. range of mountains goes the entire length of South Island. And we were there, when you're at, at Milford Sound, you are where the peaks are the highest, some of the highest peaks mm-hmm. in Fiordland and in the, the Southern Alps. So, I mean, we're not at 12,000 feet like Mount Cook, which is the world famous, you know, tallest mountain in New Zealand. And that's quite a ways, it's still on South Island, but it's about four hours north of where we were. But hey, we were very impressed by the mountain scenes and we just couldn't take enough pictures and we couldn't stop at enough cascades and walk off this trail and go down this trail and let's go see this, this other uh, brook or this cascade or the chasm. There's a, a place that we stopped. It's called the chasm, which is uh, an easy 20 minute walk. And it really is. It's a kind of concrete and deck. So this is another area where somebody... Uh, in a wheelchair or otherwise uh, able, might be able to join the group. And it's just beautiful. You're walking in this mossy, wet, this green moss is clinging to everything. No wonder it's like scenes from Middle Earth or in the Lord of the Rings movies because um, and other movies because it really is very lush, very wet, very ferny, very uh, lots of water flowing. You can hear water almost the whole time that you're hiking um, you can feel how chilly the, the mist is coming off of these rivers and over the chasm as you walk over the little bridge over the chasm. It's like, brr, you know, it's midday almost, <laughs> but, but it cooled you off, you know, because the sun was really hot. It's, it's hot and dry feeling in the sun, but then it's wet and moist down there in that forest and you're walking along the trail. So um, I love those um, contrasts. You were constantly sort of in an environment that offered you constant contrasts in the course of a day, in the course of a walk. Uh, And the air just smells so fresh and clean. And gosh, just you you can tell you're outdoors and you just kind of get into the outdoors heartbeat. Everything just kind of slows down. At least I do that anyway. Yeah, Uh, this experience sounds completely mind-blowing and you have now added this to my personal travel list now for my listeners i like to make sure that i walk through some logistics so they know uh how much to save um and and really what parts of the experience might be uh wheelchair friendly uh which you mentioned one a, a little bit earlier so how about how about we start with uh, accessibility. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview about your helicopter ride, uh, which sounds incredible, and that's kind of that's my favorite way to hike. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. And and so curious if if you are in a wheelchair, could you have gone into the helicopter? 
Um, were there ways do you think you could get out of the helicopter um, or maybe with some help? And then also uh, with the cruising experience, if there was a ramp going into the boat or if it were, uh, if it was steps? Yes. As far as the cruising is concerned, that is uh, approaches from the uh, into the terminal, uh, accessibility into public areas, restrooms, and so forth, completely um, accessible. Same thing with getting onto and off boats. You might just because there are different operators that operate out, out of Milford Sound. It's definitely worth choosing one and taking a look at the at the website. But that's not at all a problem. I don't really know how to address the question of accessibility per helicopter. Because those helicopters hold four passengers and a pilot, uh-huh. and uh, the seating, uh, the bent, very narrow bench seats, three people are squeezed into the back seat, and two people are squeezed into the front seat to the left of the helicopter pilot, and it's, it's kind of a bit of a Cirque du Soleil <laughs> to, okay. to step up and into and step out and down uh, mm-hmm. from the helicopter to the ground. Um, and yeah, and they're on an extremely limited time schedule. I mean, they pretty much hustled us out of the helicopter, get out there, have a look at this magnificent scenery. Okay, time to go. Let's go get you down to Luxmore Hut. I have another party waiting for a lift down at the lake. So Mm -hmm. kind of tight timeline. So one might feel rushed there perhaps, but uh, definitely the cruises are not a problem, just worth looking into and choosing your cruise operator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and then let's talk about cost. So you're, you're in New Zealand, which I believe our dollar, the US dollar goes a bit far there. Um, yeah, it does. The exchange rate is pretty holding pretty consistently as it does against uh, with Australia as well. So you can, you can definitely uh, see some benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, using the U.S. dollar. So curious, what was your average nightly stay for an Airbnb in Teano? And and then how much did it cost to, to rent a car? And then cost for your gas while you were there? Okay, so an Airbnb, sort of depending, I found some Airbnbs where I would stay that did not have Wi-Fi access, mm-hmm. that were further out. like. Uh, they had electricity and heat and, and everything that you wanted, but I wanted to stay where one of the park rangers lives. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that can be as little as $60 a night, $65 a night. Uh, is that 65 in New Zealand in, or in US? US dollars. Okay, great. And there are hotels that are as little as $35 for absolutely a gorgeous room right outside Teano, the town of Teano. Okay, great. And uh, where they have communal restrooms, communal areas uh, to eat. But they're, you know, each room is very private. It's you have your own bed, your own, you know, reading light, and all the all the space for your luggage and so forth and so on. They're very secured, very safe. So the accommodations when when Teano states on their official website that they offer, quote, a wide variety of accommodations, they do. Mm-hmm. And you can go up to 400 or more dollars per night. Sure. If, uh, you know, but our average, because we split between three people, so we ended up getting a three-bedroom private home, Airbnb. And uh, that one was running, oh gosh, because I had the price down here for a week. So it was about... 
Oh boy. I would say it's it was close to seventy five or eighty dollars per person. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Sixty dollars per person per night. Okay, it's not bad. Not bad at all. No, and uh, rental car. So yeah, rental car. cars. You can get here's here's the secret sauce now. Uh, you can fly into, depending on what airport you fly into, and you if you want to tack a little more time at the front of your trip and your or you want to do a drive trip, you can actually go into places like EZI, Easy Rental Car, and other rental car um, vendors who operate out of the three major airports in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And they will pay you $1 a day to transfer their vehicles. Most of the time, it's a Toyota RAV4 sure. from their airport to another airport. So you can start out and I don't know, Christchurch, or even up in Auckland in the northern part of South Island, and you can drive your way at no cost to you one way down into Queenstown. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And they have they have posted schedules on the website. Okay, Easy now what's that website? Easy I, Easy Car Rental. And you and they're in all three major airports. Great. And so do you have to book that in advance if you're going to transfer a car or is that something yeah. that you, okay. Yeah, they have a schedule, they have a calendar and you can choose dates or you can just browse dates when they need drivers. So if you're really a clever planner, uh-huh. <laughs> you could have a car. Now the trick is it's, it's pretty much driving straight through. It'll get you from point A to point B, but you're not going to spend two or three nights out on the road and enjoy sites along the way. I think you better, you're going to have to boogie, but that's just the way it works. But that's one alternative. Other than that, you're looking at renting a car. And, and um, I like Easy Rental because they are Maori family owned. Mm-hmm. And their reputation, I really look into those reviews and dig down and look on TripAdvisor and other resources. Mm-hmm. And they're just stellar. So their average price per day is for a Toyota Corolla mm-hmm. equivalent. In fact, I think it was a Toyota Corolla. It's $50 a day, and this includes the insurance. Now, in New Zealand has some interesting requirements for automobile insurance. I, I never take it. I usually let my, you know, right. credit card or whatever. But remember, uh-huh. you probably will not have coverage on your your Citibank or whatever card you're using. Look into it. And if you don't have coverage, you want to purchase the coverage, which is not inexpensive. So when I threw it all together, I came up with $50 a day for a Toyota Corolla. And when we got there, we had a complimentary upgrade, which is not at all unusual. And we ended up getting into a Toyota RAV4. Yay! That's exactly what we wanted, but we didn't want to spend $70 a day for it. Right, right. And gasoline is at the time and probably right now, this is in 2019 in February, it uh, was the equivalent of $8 a gallon because it's running at about uh, 260 something it was per liter. Okay. And as far as driving goes, are you driving on the right side or the left side? You're driving on the wrong side from the wrong side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that? <laughs> so all the vehicles are right drive vehicles. Huh? So you're sitting in, in what you think of as a passenger seat. So if anybody's right. done this before, you're like, okay, I got that. Um, you can get an automatic. You can get a standard, whatever. I don't think you're going to save a lot of gas on gas with a standard. Get an automatic and keep your life easy. Um, and you're driving on the left side of the road. So as uh, somebody gave me a tip years ago when I first started driving on the 
wrong side of the road. <laughs> it was drive right, look left. Here in the United States, we tend to look right first. And if you uh -huh. watch your own habits, you'll see this is true. So, yes, you are driving on the left-hand side. Yeah, you do have to pay attention. Yeah, with that influx of those 5 million visitors per year that we're looking at in New Zealand, road accidents uh, rates have gone up. Mm -hmm. because more and more people are coming and driving on the wrong side of the road. Mm -hmm. um, so there you have it. But um, it's like anything else. If you've done it before, if you haven't, you'll, you'll just have to train your body to it and have others in the car tell you, ah, it's one way out. <laughs> <laughs> we only had two, you know, near head on collisions, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get the hang yeah, of it. Yeah, only two. Yeah. <laughs> the roads are well paved. Uh -huh. uh, there, there are a lot of gravel roads that will take you back into different, depending on how adventurous you are with your hikes, which is pretty easy to get adventurous pretty quickly in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So do your homework. But, uh, you, of course, you have to sign agreements with your rental car agency that says, no, I'm not going to do any wet foot crossings. No, I'm not going to cross an entire river with this RAV4 <laughs> or to get stuck in the middle of the river. Uh, <laughs> so you do not need a 4 by 4 unless you're doing some unless your plans call for one, your specific mm -hmm. plans. Other than that, the roads are paved nicely. Everything's signed beautifully, which is unusual mm -hmm. uh, for many folks here in the United States or certain areas of the country that just don't do that very well. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's painless. Uh, petrol stations, gasoline, uh, the usual kinds of things that you do when you self-drive in most places, just know ahead of time, know before you go. For instance, understand before you take off from Teano to anywhere, you need to get gas in Teano because there's mm -hmm. probably not going to be any gas until you get very close to your destination. Got it. And was it a tipping culture there? No. Not a tipping culture. And were there any like tips you could offer to be culturally appropriate down there? If we routinely, when we go out on especially smaller charters or smaller boats, we routinely tip the crew. In this case, it was we have one driver, you know, the pilot of the boat, who I spent some time chatting with while we were going down the fjord. And, you know, I personally tipped him for us, mm -hmm. but I didn't see anyone else tipping him. I didn't observe that. Okay. And as far as like manners at meals, is there, is there anything that we need to know when coming from another country? I wouldn't know. I didn't eat out a lot. I either ate at the food truck, picked up something at the food, food truck across from the grocery store in Teano, or we just, we basically bought food and cooked it and prepared it in our unit, which was better eating, uh, you know, and saved money and we could eat leftovers. Oh, well, that sounds lovely. Absolutely lovely. Well, Lynn, you are a fantastic storyteller, and I loved you taking us on this journey today. And you painted a beautiful picture. I mean, what great descriptors. And I cannot wait to go check it out myself. Truly, thank you. 
Thank you, Gail. I love your podcast. And I love the fact that you put so many adventurous types of topics in there and some family friendly as well. There's such a nice mix. So I look forward to hearing myself, of course, but I look forward to hearing more of your podcast. Thank you. And I'll continue to spread the word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Experience Seekers, for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. Uh, Please uh, follow us on Instagram at Experiences Podcast. We are a fairly new Instagram account, so we appreciate every follow, comment, like, tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you have not subscribed. And also, with each of these episodes, uh, I write up a full article of show notes, giving you all the links, the costs, the information, what you need to make this experience happen. And so you can check out each of those episodes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Click on episodes, and there you can peruse all the adventure information that you would want to know, uh, whether it's swimming with humpback whales or checking out a glowworm cave in New Zealand. We did that a while back. I highly suggest listening to that, uh, like repelling in a glowworm cave. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing. Uh, I love hearing about off the bean path experiences around the world. And if you have a unique experience that can be replicated that you would like to share, please go to experiencesyoushouldhave.com, click on contact, shoot me a note. I want to hear from you uh, because experiences is what we talk about. Experiences is what lives within us. Experiences is that story that we share around the fire with our friends and family. And I want to hear your story. So remember your to-dos. You got to subscribe to the podcast. You got to tell a friend, find us on Instagram and reach out to me if you dare to come be on the show. Thank you again. And until next time.